I was gonna make this, uh, I was gonna record this on the way up to Saskatoon, but I'm in Saskatoon now. I'm gonna say this right away. If you are listening to this on the podcast, I would suggest, possibly, if you want the visuals, um, to check out the YouTube video that is the same title and corresponds here, and you can find links to that on the link tree. Um, because I'm going to show you what I'm going to be talking about here in the first bit. This is kind of a story time, kind of a conversation. Um, I want to explore the idea of just like near-death experiences and uh, let's shut these windows here to have a better environment for, for noise pollution. Um, I was thinking about this because a friend was telling me about near-death experiences, not in detail yet, but he just brought up that term. And, man, I wonder if I'm going to be able to get through this before I get to the spot. Anyway, he brought up the term, and I started thinking, you know, if you just, like, miss a step on the stairs, you think you're going to die. At least I do. I'm like, ah! Like, and you just, it's just, you, for that one second, it's just like, oh my goodness. And, you know, the heart jumps into your throat type thing. And then I was thinking, how many, have I ever had a real near-death experience? And I can't think of it, you'd think it'd be so profound that I'd remember, right? Like, I've had times where I'm like, if I fall right now, I'm going to get seriously injured and or possibly die. Like, if I fall, that is what will happen. This is no good. But I was thinking, like, how close have I been to death? And the thing is, does that count as a near-death experience? We're going to get to those details soon because I really want to show you this, but I want to be done the portion of the story before I show you, and I don't know if I will be. So, we're going to talk about a near-death experience, depending on how we want to define that term that I had. In Saskatoon, in my early 20s, I was delivering pizza for Panago. And there was a time where my vehicle crapped out, 84 Fifth Avenue. I, For the duration that I owned it, it was not working longer than it was working. Every once in a while, I'd have money to get something fixed. I think maybe only twice, and then it would work for a bit, and then something would happen and it wouldn't work anymore. Anyway, my vehicle stopped working. Didn't have money to get it fixed right away. And my boss let me use his van. I believe it was a Dodge Caravan. Uh, I don't know what year this would have, it would have been. Early 2000s. The, I mean, that the van was. Uh, but we're talking about mid-late 2000s here. When I was working there, I want to say about 2006, 2007. Maybe a little later. 2008. Anyway... And uh, so I would have to walk to work, which wasn't a big deal. And then from there, I'd get to use his van on these deliveries. Then walk back home from work. Um, There were times where I would pick up my girlfriend at the time. This is relevant to the story. And just, you know, we would chat and hang out and whatever while I was working and doing these deliveries. And that's a thing that happened from time to time. She was supposed to be with me on this specific occasion, and she was not. So, right now, I am driving, and I'm about to get onto Preston. And this is where this incident took place. I was leaving Panago on 8th Street, and I got onto Preston, and I was kind of in between, you know, there's the university-like campus, and there's, like, the university-like fields. Again, at the U of S is what we're talking about. There's, like, they own these, these fields for, like, agricultural research purposes. And, um... I was I was hauling it. 
I was going about 80. I think the speed limit there is 60, unless they've changed it. And, you know, one of those things with delivering is you don't know, like, you never know what the next light is going to bring. You don't know if you got back 30 seconds earlier, you would have got, like, a triple run somewhere and big tips and made more money, right? So I definitely drove a little faster doing deliveries than I would in my normal everyday life. Now, it had rained a little earlier in the day. It was a beautiful day, it was summer. It rained a little earlier, it wasn't raining anymore, and I thought I saw a puddle. Um, but then also I was like, no, it's just a mirage. You know, you see like, these mirages and I was going 80 and I was like, There's, why would there be a puddle there? And by the time I realized it really was a puddle, I had hit it and I had hydroplaned. And I mean, this is about the spot that it happened. It was somewhere in here. I was going the opposite direction that I am now. But I hydroplaned, lost control of the vehicle, and it went through one of these little trees on the meridian, and I ended up on this side of the road, upside down, um, facing traffic. And that, I don't want to say it was scary, but I mean, while it, it all happened so fast, right? Um, so again, it was in this kind of like area here. It, it all happened really fast, so I couldn't really process it and have time to be scared about it. Um, I mean, it was scary, and in that moment I was like trying to get control of the vehicle and I couldn't. Like I said, I ended up upside down, and I remember, I knew, I knew that I was on the other side of the street. I knew that there was oncoming traffic and I was just waiting to get hit. Um, I kind of was sitting there in shock. I didn't feel any pain or injury. I barely knew what was going on, but I was just waiting to get hit. And then the first thing that I heard that I remember hearing, because it was just, it seemed like it was dead silent. I remember hearing a car door shut and then I knew they stopped they stopped in time I'm not gonna get hit the vehicles that were here they all stopped and my phone was somewhere within reach and I called 911 and I said I just got into an accident I'm on Preston blah 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 and an ambulance came Somebody came to the window. I don't remember the interaction at all. Maybe they asked if I was okay. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was. Uh, they took me to the, the hospital here, um, RUH. I believe they took me to RUH because it was the closest. But also there was no need to rush because I, I mean, I had a few scratches. That was it. Now the thing is, the reason why I called it a near-death experience, it wasn't, this is why it's going to get murky into how we can talk about near-death experiences and how we define them because there was another driver from Panago that was going in that same direction. He got an order after I had already left. And when he passed by and saw the van upside down, he thought I was dead. I had a picture of the van for a long time. I didn't take one then. I took it later when I had to go back and get some stuff. Uh, it was in like a scrapyard or whatever. And I had to go and be like, well, my stuff's in there still. 
and I wish I still had that picture. Like I said, he drove by, he thought I was dead. He thought I was dead. <laughs> and uh, I can see why, because this is why it was also important for context that I bring up that the girlfriend I had at the time was supposed to be with me that day and wasn't. Because if she was with me, she would have been dead. The van's ceiling had caved in all the way to the seat. Um, the passenger side. I seemed to be in this little protective bubble where, you know, that didn't happen. But the, the ceiling was like almost all the way to the seat. Like, there's just no way that she would have lived through that. I can't imagine. I mean, miracles happen. But I mean, yeah. And that's a thing. It didn't happen on my side. If it happened on my side, equal to hers, again, I can't imagine being alive to this day. It didn't feel like a near-death experience because I didn't know that I was close to death. <laughs> I've been in car accidents before, but nothing like that. Um, oddly enough, I've been, I think, when I've been driving, I've been in more single vehicle accidents than I have involving another vehicle. It's just that's the way that it's seemed to have worked out. Um, I just haven't, while I've been driving, been at fault for accidents with their vehicles more than like I touched their bumper just so lightly, you know, or something. I've never damaged another vehicle anyway while I've been driving. But I've been in some single vehicle incidents. That was definitely the worst by far. So... That is that specific incident. Like, again, the thing I wanted to get into here was how do we define a near-death experience? I didn't feel like it was one because I didn't know that I was in that situation. I didn't feel like, oh, I almost, like, I'm going to die, and then I didn't. Or, like, we're all going to die. The plane's going down. Or I got shot, and I feel like I'm going to die, and there's this time in between where you don't know if you're going to live. To me, that's kind of a near-death experience. I feel like I was near death, and I had an experience physically where I was near death but I didn't know it so it's just like I knew it after the fact so I didn't have all these things going on in my body mind and soul that were processing you are near death that didn't happen um <laughs> that's really funny we're stopped at an intersection right now where there was another car accident where my mom was driving and I wasn't wearing a seatbelt uh Clarence and 14th <laughs> and we got we got t-boned and I um I just remember like I hit my head on this side I was sitting on the the rear passenger side but I wasn't wearing a seatbelt and we got t-boned and I we did like a 180 in the intersection and I remember my head hit the glass on the other side of the vehicle and I was eating crackers from a box and they went everywhere uh I wasn't injured then either and I always wore my seatbelt after that because I was stupid and like I don't know how old I was 10 11 and I wasn't wearing a seatbelt because I was an idiot Anyway, it's interesting. One of the things I wanted to point out, that was like the story part. And the conversation part, this reflection piece is like, maybe it's just amazing what, people, what you can get used to. It's that idea, that trope, that you can have an experience like that. Let's just say you can have a near-death experience, which I've already kind of said why my experience doesn't necessarily reflect a near-death experience but you can have something happen like that 
and very quickly after just you don't make adjustments um, or you make adjustments too quick because everything just kind of goes back to the way things were before the incident and that is amazing to me like in my own life just being like man like what did I do after that did I change anything in my life did I focus on myself in a different way and self-betterment and blah 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 what did I do you know I, I don't know I, it was a long time ago so who knows over 10 years ago but that's that thing it's like near-death experiences right like maybe I haven't really had one maybe it, that's why I can't be like oh man I had this eye-opening moment and it was just whatever like I feel like sometimes mountain biking I'm like man if I make the wrong move here I am bunged and it, that's the thing like you could trip and fall down the stairs and break your neck right like it's you know, but you add some other elements of risk in there, and then the stakes are... No, the stakes are the same. <laughs> the result of your... I mean, your life has the same quality, no matter what degree of danger you put it in. But there's more risk, right? So... Uh, just... The conversation piece isn't really here. <laughs> like, I just think that more often than not... I think that people, such as myself, may have a really difficult time actually making changes, uh, despite how strong the stimuli might have been. That settling back into your old ways is pretty easy to do. And that goes back to like, you can only change when you're ready to change. And a big life event can definitely put things into perspective. But as I'm finding with some circumstances right now, currently in my own life, that some things, sometimes people just don't change. Um, some things just end up staying the same, and maybe I'm speaking too soon, you know, but change is really difficult. Um, I thought I would have more to say specifically on near-death experiences, but I, I don't know, right now I don't. I mean, there's just been a time or two where there's been something maybe bike related or, or or like even traffic related where it's like wow like that was close you know um and what do you do differently right like do you change even just your behavior to not put yourself in the situation again even that i think is difficult it's just an amazing thing the living <laughs> living on the edge of the knife um i just mean living in general though right like the fragility of the human body is amazing. I mean, the strength of the human body is amazing equally, but just to make it this long sometimes I feel is an amazing thing based on the activities that the average person involves themselves in. So I think that was more of a story time than it was a conversation, but uh, throwing it in both categories. Things are all weird and wacky. I'm not even, you know, I've been on the highway and driving around and switching provinces here. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. We'll see you another time.